a forefather of all thinkers, is the Greek philosopher Socrates, whose words we know only through the writings of his disciples. It's said that one night he dreamt of a swan spreading its wings and flying away while hooting loudly. The next day he met Plato, the man who would become his star pupil. Socrates saw in Plato the swan of his dream. The pupil became a teacher of humanity, his thought soaring high and wide for centuries to come. Plato, 428 or 427 to 348 or 347 BC, imagined an ideal society. Its economy would be different from the kind that we now take for granted, and the society in which he actually lived was different from our own. For one thing, there was no nation in the way that we understand it. Ancient Greece was a collection of city-states, such as Athens, Sparta, and Thebes. The Greeks called the city-state the polis, which is where our word politics comes from. Plato's ideal society, then, was a compact city rather than a big country. It would be closely organized by its rulers, and there'd be little room for markets in which food and labor is bought and sold for a price. Take labor, for example. Today we think of how we use our labor as a choice. Perhaps you decide to become a plumber because you like fixing things and the job pays well. In Plato's ideal state, everyone has their place determined at birth. Most people, including slaves, work the land. They're the lowest class, with bronze in their souls, said Plato. Above the farmers, Plato put the class of silver-souled warriors. At the top were the rulers, a group of philosopher kings, men with souls of gold. Near Athens, Plato set up his famous academy to create the wise men fit to rule over the rest of society. Plato thoroughly distrusted the pursuit of wealth, so much so that in the ideal state soldiers and kings wouldn't be allowed to own private property in case gold and palaces corrupted them. Instead, they'd live together and share everything, even their children who'd be raised in common rather than by their parents. Plato feared that if wealth became too important, people would start to compete for it. Eventually the state would be ruled by the rich, who'd be envied by the poor. People would end up quarreling and fighting. Plato was joined in the academy by Aristotle, the next soaring swan. Aristotle, 384 to 322 BC, was the first to try to organize knowledge into different fields, science, mathematics, politics, and so on. His curiosity ranged over deep questions of logic and all the way to the design of the gills of fish. Some things he said might sound bizarre to us, such as the claim that people with big ears like to gossip. But this is unsurprising for a man who tried to gulp in the whole of the world around him with his mind. For centuries thinkers considered him to be the ultimate authority, and he became known simply as the philosopher. Aristotle criticized Plato's plan for society. Instead of imagining the ideal society, 
he thought about what worked given people's imperfections. He believed that it would be impractical to ban private property as Plato had recommended. It was true, he said, that when people own things they envy each other's possessions and fight over them. If they share everything, though, they'd probably end up fighting even more. Better to let people own their goods because then they'll take better care of them and there'll be fewer disputes about who contributed the most to the common pot. If people create wealth using the seeds and tools that they own, then how would someone get a new pair of shoes when they don't make shoes? They get them from a shoemaker in exchange for some of their olives. Here, Aristotle shines a light on the fundamental particle of the economic universe, the exchange of one good for another. Money helps this, he said. Without it,